we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. There cannot be compassion and love without death, which is the ending of everything. Then there is creation. Hello and welcome to episode 209 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast features carefully selected extracts from the archives. The aim is to represent different aspects of Krishnamurti's radical approach to many of the issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is creation. Upcoming themes are desire, what is, and following. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK, which is also home to the Krishnamurti Centre. The centre offers a variety of group retreats from February to December, including for young adults. The atmosphere is one of openness and friendliness, with a sense of freedom to inquire with others and alone. Please visit krishnamurticentre.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on creation has three sections. This first extract is from the first question and answer meeting in Sanan 1985, titled, What is Creation? A lot of people talk about creation, right? They're all talking about it. The astrophysics, physicists, and the philosophers, and the theological philosophers, right? God created, and so on. This is a very serious question, which the ancient Hindus, the ancient Hebrews have put this question. Not merely recent scientists, this has been a tremendous problem an issue that they want to understand. May we go into this? Are you interested in it? What is creation? When you ask that question, you must also ask the question, what is invention? is invention creation. You understand? I, in a laboratory, uh, a scientist in a laboratory, 
is experimenting, right? And he comes upon something new. He patents it. Right? And makes money out of it and all the rest of it. The invention, that is to invent something new, is that creation? Look careful, please don't agree or disagree. Just look at it. Invention is based on knowledge. Right? You are following this? It's based on somebody says previous experiments. All that those experiments are knowledge in the present, and you add to it. This is so. The man who invented the jet, without the propeller, first he knew all about the propeller, the internal combustion machinery, and the propeller. Then that knowledge was not enough. He put aside that knowledge, waited, and then got an idea from the knowledge. You follow? First he had to have knowledge about the propeller, internal, etc., machinery. Then a new idea came in, which is the jet. Right? I may be putting it incorrectly or exaggeratedly, but this is so. That is, the theoretical physicists, or scientists of every kind, first have knowledge, even minute knowledge, right? Or great deal of knowledge. From that, an inspiration comes. And that inspiration is an invention. Yeah. So we are adding all the time, right? And that is that creation which is based on knowledge and the consequences of knowledge, you understand? Is that invent is that creation? Or creation has nothing to do with knowledge. You understand my Either it is, creation is a series of inventions in the universe, black hole, or they discover something new and they're adding, adding, adding to that knowledge, previous knowledge. And obviously, when they look at Mars, Mercury, Venus, Saturn, and go beyond, they know what the what Venus is made of, various gases and so on, so on, so on. But what they have translated as gases, that's not Venus. We have a coffee. Come on, says the word Venus is not Venus. The world, the gases made up which 
constitutes Venus, it's not that beauty which you see early in the morning or late in the evening. Right? So we are asking, is invention totally different from creation? Which means creation has nothing whatever to do with knowledge. You're going to find this rather difficult if you don't mind. If you kindly, if you're not too tired, if you have still the energy to investigate, we'll go into it. We're asking, we know what invention is. Don't accept what the speaker is saying. That would be terrible. It will destroy you. Merely say, yes, yes, yes. yes. It destroy your brain. Has it been destroyed by others? The speaker has no intention to destroy your brain or, or add to the already damaged brain. Right? So he says, have skepticism, question, don't accept or deny, just find out. We know what is invention. At least, to the speaker, it's very clear. That doesn't mean it is clear to you. We're asking, what is creation? We have to answer this question in ten minutes. What is creation? Is it related to man's endeavor? Is it related to all his experiences? To the million years of duration of time? Please examine all this. Which means is it related to war, to killing, to business, to all the memories that man has accumulated, acquired, accumulated, gathered? If it is, then it's still part of knowledge, right? Therefore, it cannot be creation. Right? So what is creation? Is it related? Please listen. Listen. Don't do anything about it. You can't. Is it related to love? That is, love is not hate, jealousy, anxiety, uncertainty, the love of your wife, which is the love of the image that you have built about your wife or your husband, your girlfriend, or the image you have built about your guru whom, for whom you have great devotion, or for the image in a temple, mosque, and churches. So we're asking, is love 
necessary for creation? Or is love, which is also compassion, is that love, compassion, creation? And is creation or love related to death? You understand all these questions? You understand? I'm sorry to say you do understand. I withdraw that. You are just listening. So, is love free from all the human beings that have given specific meaning to that word? Free from all that. Is love related to death? And is love, compassion, and death, all that is creation? Can there be creation without death? That is, ending. Ending all knowledge. Vedanta. You heard that word, I'm sure. The word Vedanta means the end of knowledge. Not all the theories, commentaries, and all that. That's not. But the end of knowledge, which is death, which means no time. Timeless, which is love. You understand? No, I'm sorry, I won't repeat that. Stupid of me to repeat. So love, death. Love means compassion. Love, compassion means supreme intelligence. Not the intelligence of books and scholars, experience, that's necessary at a certain level. But that intelligence, quintessence of all intelligence, when there is love, compassion. There cannot be compassion and love without death, which is the ending of everything. Then there is creation. That is, the universe, not according to this astrophysics and scientists, but the universe is supreme order. Of course, sunrise and sunset. Supreme order. And that order can only exist when there is supreme intelligence. And that intelligence cannot exist without compassion, love, and death. That 
this is not a process of meditation, but deep, profound inquiry, inquiry with great silence, not I am investigating, great silence, great space, that which is essentially love and compassion and death, there is that intelligence which is creation. Creation can, is only there when the other two are there, death and love. Everything else is invention. The second extract is from Krishnamurti's talk at Los Alamos in 1984 titled Creation can only take place when thought is silent. What is knowledge? Which is acquired through thousands of years through experience. Stored in the brain as knowledge and memory. And from that memory, thought arises. So knowledge is limited always, whether now or in the future. And so thought is always limited. And where there is limitation, there is conflict. So what place has creativity with regard to science? Is there a relationship at all? Please, we are thinking together. We are questioning the very source, very accumulative process of knowledge. Science means knowledge, Latin and so on. And <coughs> is can creativity in its deepest sense, in its profound activity. What place has creativity or creation with regard to knowledge? We have given tremendous importance to knowledge. From the ancient times, from China, India, before the Christian civilization came into being, they were tremendously respectful, worshipped knowledge. And knowledge, as we said before, is always limited. 
because it's based on experience and so memory, thought is limited. Thought has created most extraordinary things in the world. All the great monuments from the ancient of times, great art, vast technology in the present day, and the creation of a nuclear bomb, and so on. Thought has brought about extraordinary state in the world. Thought has created God, built vast cathedrals of Europe, all the things that are filled in the museums, poetry, statue, and all the marvellous things that thought has done, because thought is the outcome of knowledge. Knowledge is science, expressed technologically or otherwise. Thought also has created wars, And we are faced with, with another war, maybe. And human beings for the last 5,000 or more years have been killing each other in the name of God, in the name of peace, in the name of their own particular tribal country, man has destroyed other human beings. Now, at the present civilization, where we are gathered here, where they are producing these enormous destructive things, that's the result of science which is the knowledge. So what place has knowledge, science, with creation? Creation has been one of the most complex problems. Various religions say this is the source of creation, God, and so on. Each tribal country, which is called nationalism, have their own particular expression, have their own tribal gods. And science, that is, which has produced extraordinary 
marvelous things in the world, communication, computers, medicine, surgery, all that has been the result of thought, going to the moon and so on. So can thought ever be creative in its most profound sense? What is creation? Must creation be always expressed, manifested? That which is manifested must be limited. We are the result of tremendous years of uh, centuries of endeavour, conflict, struggle, pain, sorrow. We are the result of all that. Our brains have infinite capacity, but it has been conditioned not only religiously but also nationally. You are all Americans, Chinese, Russians, and so on. We have divided the world geographically religiously, culturally, and also we have divided human beings. The Caucasians, the blacks, and the pro-browns, like us. And so thought has brought about tremendous conflict between human beings. That's a fact. Not only individual in the, between individuals, but also collectively. We have also suffered through wars, through pestilence, every form of disease. And science has been able to help or cure some of all that. But also science has produced most destructive instruments of war. Before you killed a man, perhaps in a war two or three hundred people or more, now you can destroy the whole world. Again, based on ideals, ideologies, tribal glorification, which is nationalism, taking all that, what we, after 45,000 years as Homo sapiens, we are, what are we? What have we become? 
And in this confusion, because most human beings are terribly confused, though they may not admit it, uncertain, not only seeking physical security, but also they want inward, psychological security in their relationships, with regard to future and so on. So taking all this into consideration, as our brains are specialised, conditioned by knowledge, and so our act- activities are conditioned, limited. Wherever there is limitation, there must be conflict. When you divide the world into the Amer- to Americas, the Asiatics, Europeans, the Jew and the Arab, there must be conflict. Not only wars, but conflict between individuals, between man and woman. Considering all this, What place has creation? Knowledge can never be creative. We're going to question all this. Knowledge can bring about a better physical world externally. And when we give such extraordinary importance to knowledge, which is the intellect, to us intellect is vital, important, essential. But intellect is also limited. We never look at life holistically, as a whole, not as a scientist, a physician, psychiatrist and so on. We are human beings first. And as human beings, what are we? What have we become? after millennia upon millennia. Are we civilised? I know you are all very affluent society, you've got a great many cars, marvellous country, beautiful roads and so on. But we as human beings, what are we? And it is human beings that are capable of creation. 
not only as scientists, but also in our daily life. Because after all, what is important? We have forgotten or we never had the art of living. Not as scientists, as human beings. We are perpetually in conflict. And can conflict, struggle, pain, anxiety, uncertainty, can such a brain be creative or creation? is something entirely different. As we said, we are thinking together, if that's possible. Not that the speaker thinks and tells you, or do we together, as human beings, Think about these matters now. That is to forget our professions, our vocations of imitation, and as human beings, can we be creative? First, if we understand the significance of that, then we can turn to science, religion and so on. Can we, as human beings, look at all, look at the world as we are, as we have made of it? I wonder if one realizes whether we whether we are individuals at all. Because our consciousness, which is made up of our, made up of our reactions, physical, biological reactions. our beliefs, our faith, all the prejudices that we have, multiplication of opinions, the fears, the insecurity, the pain, the pleasure, and all the suffering that human beings have borne for thousands of years. That's all that is our consciousness. Our consciousness is what we are. And in this confusion, in these contradictions, 
Can there be creation? And we share the consciousness of entire humanity, because you suffer, you have pleasures, beliefs, conclusions, opinions, <coughs> and all the religious dogmas and faiths which is shared by all human beings on this earth. So one questions whether we are individuals psychologically. You may be different, you may be tall, you may be short. But as human beings with our ascend with our consciousness, are we different from the rest of mankind? We never questioned all this. We trot along all the days of our lives, accepting, imitating, conforming. When we rebel, we rebel outwardly. There have been revolutions, Russian, French, and thousands of revolutions have taken place. But inwardly we remain more or less as we have been for thousands of years. So taking all this into, not intellectually, but as a whole, Are we creative? Or creation is something entirely different? You can invent a new method, discover, explore, break up the atom, and so on, so on. It is all the activity of thought, cunning, capable, deceptive, creating illusions and worshipping those illusions. After all, all religions are based on that. Thought has created God. The speaker is not an atheist, but thought has created wars, murdered in the name of God millions of people, and thought has created all the things in the cathedrals, in the churches, in the temples, in the mosques. So can thought be creative? (coughs) 
because, as we said, thought is limited, because it's based on knowledge, and knowledge is the result of vast experience. So we're asking a really very fundamental question. Whether thought can ever be creative, it can invent, it can produce new weapons of war, vast the surgery, medicine and so on. And in our relationship with each other, man, woman, what place has thought in that? Is thought love? I know we, we say not, but if we look at ourselves and our relationship with each other, husband, wife and boy and a girl and so on, our relationship is based <coughs> on the image you have built about her and he, she has built about him. That relationship <coughs> is based on thought. So thought has been extraordinarily capable of certain things, and thought has also brought about the destruction of man, of human beings like ourselves, dividing them as they into ideologies, the Russian ideology, democratic ideology, and so on. So, please, thought can never be creative. Because what it can manifest must be limited. And where there is limitation, there must be conflict. Between man and woman, between ideologies, between the Arab and the Jew, between the American and the Russian, this division, geographically, nationally, religiously. And conflict can never, under any circumstances, be, bring about a creativity of creation. So, if thought is not the ground of creation, then what is creation? When does it take place? Baking a bread 
is also creation of a certain kind. Having babies, also creation. And so on, all the way up. But surely creation can only take place when thought is silent. You may totally disagree with this. I hope you do. I'm sure you do. Because to you, to us, thought is extraordinarily important, which means the intellect, which is only part of the human being. So the speaker says, creativity can never take place where there is the activity of thought. And the question then arises, can thought be quiet? Can thought be trying put aside for a while? Then who is it that helps thought to put it aside? It is still thought. I don't know if you are following all this. So it's a very complex process. And <coughs> they have tried every method to quieten thought, drugs, tranquilizers, and also they have tried every form of meditation. Zen meditation, the Tibetan, the Hindu, the Buddhist, and all the latest gurus with their nonsense. <laughs> they have tried everything to quieten the thought. The thought has, it, has its place. But psychologically, inwardly, can there be certain silence, quietness? And love is that silence, is that quality of great strength, quiet, energy. So we're asking,
Is love the only factor that is creative? Not sex. I know we have reduced love to pleasure. And we have to ask, what is love? If you once comprehend, perceive that thought <coughs> can never, under whatever circumstances, be creative, because thought is limited, of that there is no question. If we once see the truth of it, then we can begin to ask, <coughs> is there <coughs> another instrument <coughs> another way of looking at life? Then we can begin to inquire, <coughs> what is love? What is compassion? One, what is intelligence? Intelligence is part of that thought. Intelligence has created Los Alamos. And what is the nature of love? Is it desire? Is it pleasure? Is it <coughs> creating images? Images about your wife, your husband? Is it the images of ideologies? So to find out, to discover, to come upon that extraordinary thing called love, one must have a very clear understanding of our daily life. And that means Psychologically, inwardly, we have no freedom. We talk about freedom, especially in this country, 
where you're all, you have experts tell you what to do. Specialists. I don't know, you must be aware of all this. How to bring up a baby, how to have sex, how to beautify yourself, what kind of exercise. And so you are specialists in religion, in science, and so on. And this you call freedom. And as our time is very, very limited, we can go into the que- we cannot possibly go into the question more deeply, what is freedom? Without freedom, there is no love. But we are not free. We are anxious, we are frightened of death, frightened of the future. We have carried this burden of fear for thousands of years. We are talking about psychological fears first, and then the physical fears later. So can such a brain, which is so conditioned, as a computer, can such a brain love? And is creativity whether in science, in biology, and so on, where there is great activity of thought with its own peculiar intelligence, can that thought create, be creative? If not, then how, how does <coughs> creation take place? They have asked this question, religious people have asked this question, theologians. If you go to India, and they'll invent their own theory about creation, so do the Christians, Muslims, and all say God, or some biological reason. So we are saying that creation is only possible where there is love. Then what is love? Love is not desire. 
Love is not pleasure. Love is not religious entertainment. To understand the complexity of desire, the complexity of sorrow, and the enormous the the thing that we call death all that's part of our life our daily living so is there freedom Have we loved? If there is love, we'll never kill another human being. Never. And this whole world now is collecting armaments. Every country wants the latest instrument of destruction. America is supplying it, England, Russia, Germany, and each country is producing its own deadly instruments. And amongst this chaos, we want to have the spirit of creation, creativity. On one hand, you produce most destructive instruments of war. On the other, you talk about love, peace, and so on. We live in a state of contradiction, and where there is contradiction, there must be conflict, and therefore there can never be creation or creativity. It's only when the brain is quiet, not controlled quietness. When the brain is absolutely silent, though it has its own rhythm, Man has tried, has inquired into this from the ancient of days. Can the brain be utterly still for a while, not everlastingly chattering, not probing, not inquiring, not searching, but quiet? Still, and to understand that stillness, one must understand what is meditation and so on. Meditation is not conscious meditation, 
because that's what you we have you have been taught conscious deliberate meditation crossing sitting cross legged or lying down or repeating certain phrases and so on it's all deliberate conscious effort to meditate which is part of desire and the speaker says such meditation is nonsense was like desiring a good house a good dress and you desire to have a good to have a peaceful mind which is the same thing conscious meditation destroys prevents the other form of meditation to go into that we haven't time but as that requires extraordinary perception without the word without image but so science is the movement of knowledge gathering more and more and more the more is the measurement and thought can be measured because thought is a material process <coughs> and knowledge <coughs> has its own insight its own limited creation and therefore it brings conflict but we are talk- talking about holistic perception in which the ego the me the personality doesn't enter at all then only there is this thing called creativity the final extract in this episode is from the ninth talk in sanan 1961 titled destruction is creation so we begin to discover that destruction of all the authority that man has created for himself in his desire to be secure inwardly when that is destroyed there is creation destruction is creation then if you have abandoned idea and are not adjusting to what the speaker is saying 
adjusting your own pattern of existence to a new pattern which you, which you think the speaker is creating. If you have abandoned and gone that far, you will find that the brain can must function only with regard to outward things. It must respond to outward demands. And when you have gone that far inwardly, the brain becomes completely quiet. Which means the authority of its experiences have come to an end. Therefore, it is incapable of creating illusion. And that is essential to find out what is true. The power to create illusion in any form must come to an end. And the power to create illusion is the power of desire, is the power of ambition, wanting to be this and want, not wanting to be that. So, the brain must function in this world with reason, sanity, clarity. But inwardly, it becomes completely quiet. We are told by biologists that it has taken many, many million years for the brain to develop to the present stage. And it will take many, many million years to develop further. Now, the religious mind does not depend on time for its development. I hope, I wish you could follow this. Because when the mind, when the brain, which must function in, as in its responses in the outward existence, becomes quiet inwardly, is no longer the means, the machinery of accumulating experience, knowledge, and therefore completely quiet, but fully alive, then it can jump the million years. So, to the religious mind, there is no time. Ta 
time only exists in that sense of a continuity to a, to a further continuity and achievement. When the religious mind has destroyed the authority of the past, the tradition, the values that it has imposed upon it, denies it, destroys it inwardly. The past. Then it is capable of being without time. then it is fully developed, completely. Because after all, when you deny time, you have denied all development. Development through time and space. Please, this is not an idea. This is not a, a thing to be played with. Either you have, you have gone through it, you know what it is, you are in that state, or you can't merely pick up these ideas and play with them. So you will find destruction is creation, and in creation there is no time, and creation is that state when the brain is completely quiet, destroying, having destroyed all the past, and therefore a state when there is no time or space in which to grow, to become, or to express. Then you will find, if you've gone still further, that when there is no time and space, and only creation, not the creation of few gifted people, as painters, musicians, writers, architects, those are not created, they are not in a state of creation. It's only the religious mind that can be in a state of creation. 
not the religious mind that belongs to some church to some belief to some dogma those are not religious minds at all they are conditioned minds willing to believe and denying belief in order to accept other forms of belief going to church every morning worshiping um, this and that doesn't make you a religious person you are respectable in a society which says you are religious that you go to the mass every morning or three times a week or what that doesn't make you a religious person what makes a religious person is the is this total destruction <coughs> so in this creation there is a sense of beauty beauty that is not the thing put together by man that beauty which is not which is beyond thought and feeling after all thought and feeling or reaction but there is a beauty which is not reaction which is beyond thought and feeling and a religious mind has that beauty not the mere appreciation of nature the lovely mountains and the roaring streams but a quite a different sense of beauty and with it obviously goes love i don't think you can separate beauty and love you know for us love is a painful thing because it always comes with hate and jealousy with a positive possessive instincts so this love of which i am talking we are talking about is not has no smoke it has only it is a state of a, of the flame without the smoke so the religious mind knows this complete total destruction what 
It means to be in a state of creation which is not communicable. And with it, there is the sense of beauty and love which are indivisible. Love is not divisible as divine love and physical love. It is love. And with it goes, naturally, without saying, a sense of passion. No one cannot go very far without passion. Passion being intensity. Not to alter, to do, or that intensity which has a cause, and when you remove that cause, it intensity disappears. It is not a state of enthusiasm. The beauty can only be when there is passion which is austere. And you will find a religious mind having all, is in this, all this state has a peculiar quality of strength. <laughs>